0: There. welcome to another episode of Live a Little, where we talk about wellness, fitness, and mental health. I'm your host, Allison, a health blogger and fitness enthusiast, and I'm here to help guide you towards your most fulfilling life. Join the Live a Little Collective, and let's grow together. Hey, hey, welcome to another episode. I appreciate you coming back to listen to my voice again. This is episode 30. We are on a little bit of a roll here. So before I get into anything, be sure that you are a part of the Live a Little Collective on Facebook and are following the show on Instagram at Live a Little Pod. And if you would like to take a couple of minutes to help out the show, I would be so appreciative if you left a five-star rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. So I hope you've had a great week since the last time we talked. Me, I'm still hanging in there. I honestly didn't think that anything would even come to me in order to put out an episode this week, but here we are. Not much to share about my personal life because as we all know, it's still a pandemic and I'm not one of those people who is running around still living my normal life. We'll be going home to visit our families the week of Christmas, so since we've got some kiddos and grandparents to visit, we've been spending all of our free time, just the two of us, at home. I've still been in a little bit of a funk. I had a few depressed days last week and this week, but my therapy appointment helped to bring in some calm to the mix there, so I feel some weight lifted off, that's for sure. But I've also been experimenting with something new because Kyle can't help himself ever. He gave me one of my Christmas presents the day that it came in the mail. And it's one of those light therapy lamps. We've talked about them in the Facebook group, but I finally have one of my own. So I've been using that in the mornings and then sometimes in the afternoon for a few more minutes when it starts to get dark. And I can't tell the difference yet, but I'll let you guys know what I think as I use it more. But yeah, it's just been a week of Netflix binging, which brings us to the topic of the day. So I just found out about another Netflix health documentary, a la Unwell, which I reacted to in episode number 16. And even though this documentary isn't new, it actually came out in 2017. I hadn't heard of it before, so I wanted to give it a go and see what it was like. So it's called Heal and the description on Netflix says stories from spiritual leaders, physicians, and those with chronic illnesses reveal the powerful connection between the human psyche and physical health. So I was going into this, not really sure what I was going to end up with, but I had hopes that there would be some positive takeaways considering they spoke with physicians. So let me first start out with an overview or sort of analysis and then follow up with my reaction just so I don't go off into too many tangents and get myself lost. So the documentary is hosted, directed, produced, and written all by the same woman, Kelly Noonan Gores, who is a filmmaker. She's also married to a man who is worth $2.2 billion, which I will expand on a little bit later, but I thought I would mention that at the top as an extra tidbit while introducing her. So anyway, everything opens at this event, and I noticed my girl, Jamie Lynn Sigler, Meadow Soprano, hanging out there in the background, and the man who was running this event, session, whatever you want to call it, he says, this is Eastern medicine and energy medicine. And he claims that our emotions create ailments in our body, migraines, depression, anxiety, to name a few from his list. And just like in Unwell, there is this cell of it's been used for thousands of years as a way to convince people that what they're doing is valid and safe. And Kelly then talks about how when she was a kid, how miraculous she thought it was that when you get a cut, you clean the wound and forget about it, and the body takes care of the healing itself. And she says, I think we've forgotten how intelligent the body is. And she goes on to talk about how her thoughts and feelings and emotions affect her health. So this is already completely anecdotal. So I was curious about who she was going to interview and what these conversations were going to sound like. And if you've listened to past episodes, you know that I don't mess with pseudoscience. I don't encourage fads to you guys. I'm all about evidence-based information and that's all that I'm willing to promote. So just as a side note, I wanted to go through a list of some of the titles of the people who were interviewed in HEAL. So we've got a geologist. Marianne Williamson, who is credited as an author and teacher, but they left out that she's also a politician. We also have a neuroacoustic wizard, a psychoneuroimmunologist, a stem cell biologist, an organic chemist, and then also a medical medium and a mind and performance coach. So let's get into what these interviews and segments are like. So we've got this guy who tells about his experience. He competed in a triathlon in the 80s and during the biking portion, he was hit by a truck, which resulted in six vertebrae being compressed. Doctors told him that he'd never walk again and that he needed surgery. And he claims that he would have urged anyone else to have the surgery, but he chose not to because he would instead make contact with intelligence? I honestly didn't quite understand everything he was getting at. It was kind of woo-woo, which is basically unconventional spirituality. He says that he basically thought his body into healing. Fixing the vertebrae took three hours a day. And he said one day there was a click and he started to regain functioning and was able to walk again in 10 weeks. Next up, we've got a geologist. Now, first of all, what makes this man credible to be interviewed in this documentary? Is what I want to know. For anyone who doesn't know, geology is the science that deals with the Earth's physical structure and substance, its history, and the processes that act on it. So, I'm personally not sure how someone in this field would be a reliable source when it comes to anything to do with the human body. But then we have Marianne Williamson. And she's talking about a natural intelligence that makes the world go round and evolve, all of that. Sure, fine. But then she compares that to the immune system and the natural intelligence there. And I'm not here to discredit Marianne and paint her as a bad person because I definitely don't think that she is one. But the fact that she's in this documentary because of teachings she used to do in the 80s called A Course in Miracles that was described as a trendy amalgam of Christianity, Buddhism, pop psychology, and 12-step recovery wisdom, it just doesn't sit right with me, personally. Religious studies are completely separate from health studies. But before I go too far on that one, next up we have a woman who truly seemed so sweet. She just seemed so desperate to be well. She said at one point she was eating a 40% raw vegan diet and lived a healthy lifestyle, but claimed she had experienced a lot of stress. She was in a bad marriage, her mother died, among other things and she said she stayed positive. She rode her bike and kept doing yoga and basically distracted herself from her grief. So then she started experiencing pain, but after three visits of her doctor telling her that they could find nothing wrong with her, they later found out that she had stage four cancer in multiple areas of her body. And later, we find out that this woman did eventually decide to go on chemo, but she still insisted on continuing sessions with her holistic psychologist, who at one point put air quotes around medicine when talking about chemotherapy. So that's the kind of people that we're dealing with here. And this woman also credited wheatgrass for her healing and remission, not the chemo. But then they finally get to what I was waiting for, which is an actual expert in something related to what this documentary is about. So we have a woman who is a psychoneuroimmunologist. Hopefully I'm saying that right. And let me be honest, I had to look that up because my immediate thought when I saw that title was, that shit is fake. (laughs) But it is indeed real and it is the study of the interaction between psychological processes and the nervous and immune systems of the human body. I also learned that PNI for short incorporates psychology, neuroscience, immunology, physiology, genetics, pharmacology, molecular biology, psychiatry, behavioral medicine, infectious diseases, endocrinology, and rheumatology. So a lot of stuff involved in studying that. So anyway, she talks about stress-related illness, which I definitely do believe in. I don't think it can really be disputed. We have a figure of speech that's about worrying yourself sick. I think we've probably all been in a place where our mental health has affected our physical health, whether that's due to mental illness or even external factors that may cause high levels of stress. So things like an abusive household or other trauma or stress surrounding work or finances, etc., But she talks a lot about stress and the impact that it has on our bodies. Next up is another story of a person with chronic illness. This woman named Eva develops massive breakouts, these hives and boils all over her chest, which also spread to her head and her hands. And she said that she had gone to see dermatologists and neurologists and was told that her issue was autoimmune. So she was prescribed medications by both doctors. But she found herself in a place where she didn't want to take the meds because of the potential side effects. And it is worth mentioning that she is religious. She mentioned God and her daughter praying for her. After we meet Eva, we kind of cycle back through the people who we've already seen as they use graphics of the human body and a lot of scientific terminology and talking about theories and such. And they do have a few experts on, like I said, but those experts are really staying in their lane and not necessarily supporting Kelly's points. I mean, they're talking about quantum physics and all kinds of shit and relating that to consciousness and biology. So then we move on to Anita, a woman who had lymphoma. She said she had tumors all over. She was told that she was on her deathbed, essentially. Her organs shut down and she went into a coma. And while she was in the coma, she said that she saw a white light and had visions of her father, who she had a tumultuous relationship with while he was alive. And she claims that during this vision, she understood why she had cancer and that it was because of fear. So she's describing a near-death experience and this experience led her to believe that fear caused her cancer, which caused her to reject conventional treatment. And despite that, after she came out of her 30-hour coma, her tumor shrank by 70% within four days, and she was cancer-free within five weeks. Now, there's some things that the documentary chose to leave out about Anita, and I'll get into that later but just know that this is an exa- just one example of some of the emissions in this documentary. So next we meet a researcher who has interviewed radical remission survivors. And she says that there are 75 factors that these people used in their recovery, but that there are nine main factors. So let's look at these nine common factors. And just a warning ahead of time, I don't like the grammar or the way that these things are worded, so it's going to sound funky either way. But here we go. Radically change your diet, taking control of your health, following your intuition, using herbs and supplements, releasing suppressed emotions, increasing positive emotions, embracing social support, deepening your spiritual connection, and having strong reasons for living. Now, obviously these things promote health, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're anti-cancerous. And hey, I'm no expert here, but I'm pretty sure that following your intuition doesn't cure cancer or chronic illness. Anyway, moving on, We've got another person who dismisses modern medicine because she doesn't want to be on meds for the rest of her life. We've got a doctor who tells us that medications can harm our gut microbiome, which is very important to our health, which I thought was a dangerous addition just because it's so general and vague. We see more emotional scenes of Eva, the woman with the sores, and we see her with her healer and the healer is saying and having Eva repeat emotional sentences while she's repeatedly tapping on her face with her fingers. And just having the closeness and the eye contact, I think, was emotional for her. But she seemed skeptical afterwards when she was asked how she felt. And even though Eva was talking during her session, the healer was telling her what to say. Whereas in traditional talk therapy, she would be doing more introspection and thinking of her own and saying things that come from herself rather than just repeating sentences that are being fed to her. We also hear the woman who had stage four cancer say that the talking they did in her healer sessions got her to a place that traditional talk therapy wouldn't get to. Which to me doesn't make much sense because she doesn't really have a way of knowing that. So I think it's just that some of these people have so little trust in modern medicine that they just blindly believe that these alternative medicine options are doing more for them than Western medicine could ever do for them. Next up, we've got this guy who talks about putting too much heat in the system. And this is probably the most woo person in the entire documentary. He talks about the elements, earth, wind, fire, and gives an example that if someone takes in too much fire, their body may initially show that as heartburn. And then if that person is injured in a football game, for example, their fire has somewhere else to go. So it shows itself as inflammation in the knee. So to him, heartburn and an injured knee could all be related because he says that buildup in the brain causes disease. Very simplistic, but he also doesn't really explain what he means by taking in too much fire. So lots of simplistic explanations for things when we know that processes in the body are very complex. And then they bring up the question, what about kids that are born sick or get sick at a young age? And they admit that it's probably not due to trauma or stress, of course, since they're young. But what do they say it is due to? Well, Mr. Geologist says that, and this is a quote, this is where we begin to cross the boundaries of science and spirituality and the words like karma or destiny or fate. And to be frank, I don't even know how to respond to this. Children have terminal illnesses because of destiny and fate? Just make it make sense, please. But then they touch on environmental issues, which is the bingo moment for me. I'm not an expert, of course, but I believe that a lot of the illness we see in the modern world are caused by environmental and social issues. Societal issues can be a huge cause of illness, as we learned a couple weeks back when I talked about the social determinants of health. And of course part of this is related to the pharmaceutical companies. And they even show the devil himself, Martin Shkreli. And if you don't know who he is, he's the guy who was a CEO of a pharmaceutical company and increased the price for one pill by 55 times. It went from $13.50 per pill to $750 per pill. And not that it's relevant to this case, but he's also a literal fraud and is in prison now. But I'm not going to expand on that or him more because I'll just get passionate and hateful instead of providing information. But if you want to hate someone today, make it the Pharma Bro Douchebag. That is Martin Shkreli. So anyway, that leads to a segment about sleep meds in which they cite actual science about the effects of these sleep aids on our natural circadian rhythms and as a result, our total health, since we know how important sleep is. And I can't disagree. There's science to back that these drugs that are sold to help us sleep are actually harmful to our natural sleep patterns. So it's nice to hear actual facts, but I don't like the way that they kind of spin it and put it alongside people's stories of having cancer and autoimmune diseases. And then the quote that really, really set me on fire. Someone mentioned that they don't want people to, quote, fall prey to prognosis, fall prey to prognosis. So he's implying that if you go along with emotions after being diagnosed with an illness, you're a victim and it's all self-inflicted. If you accept a prognosis, it's because you don't have a strong enough positive mindset. And isn't that an awful message to send? That it's your own fault if you develop a disease? Someone even said that people should find out the problem so you can live like a normal person and move on. And that's where the documentary pretty much leaves off. They talk about sacred anger work and show them throwing rocks off a hill and not much after that. So now that we've gotten an overview of the documentary, let's get into my reaction and my biggest takeaways, because we know that I've got opinions. And first off, I want to say that I do think that there was some valuable messaging in the documentary. There were lots of mentions of stress and how bad it can be for our bodies. But it's the way that they tied this into Kelly's other point, which is that our minds can heal our bodies of disease that I don't like, and that I think is dangerous. Even titling it heal sort of implies that this positive thinking can heal disease rather than the point of some of the experts, which is that having a positive mindset can help prevent disease, not cure it. But to get to the part about Anita that I was saving for the reaction segment of this, Anita, the woman who had the near death experience, which was followed by a drastic cancer recovery. She underwent chemo. She rejected chemo for three years and finally began it after her near death experience. And that was completely left out of the documentary. Now, maybe it's just me, but you'd think that if you're making a movie and you're talking about people who have had cancer, you'd think that the fact that they did eventually opt in to undergo chemo would be relevant enough to mention. But the fact is, this documentary was made by someone who believes in spiritual healing, who talks to people who also practice and believe in spiritual healing and believe that it saved their lives. These people are skeptical of Western medicine and instead trust and embrace Eastern medicine or what's sold to them as Eastern medicine. And they have this way of demonizing Western medicine and they continually stress that their practices are run on Eastern medicine. They almost even seem to have this attitude that taking medication is a sign of weakness. But the first thing we see in the documentary is a practitioner that seems to be in the West. He's a white man from the West, and his entire class is full of other white Western people so i think it should have been important to let the audience know who this guy really is and what his qualifications are to practice what he calls eastern medicine because and i wish i had a visual i could show you right now as you listen so you could see what this man does. He stands behind people while they're sitting in a chair and jerks them around and puts his hands all over their body and their shoulders and their face. And it's just one of the weirdest things I've ever seen. And I don't see how it could be considered healing. And one of the things this guy says is, I'm not doing anything, it's the divine. So he's touching all over people's bodies with his body, but it's actually the divine that's doing it. I can see some ethical issues coming out of this guy's classes, but that's a different conversation for a different day. We already sort of talked about it on the Unwell episode, so check that out if you haven't already. But speaking of things that came up on the last documentary review, here's another one for you. So I mentioned at the beginning that the host, Kelly, is married to a billionaire. Now, I want you to think about this for a second. Think about the fact that someone who truly has no concept of the way that typical Americans live, who has access to literally anything and everything they could ever want. This person is giving you advice regarding your health with no qualifications to do so. You see her all throughout the documentary, traveling, meditating in front of a luxury hotel and while on a hike. You see her in a juice bar and on a boat tour. Every transition scene of her, she's traveling. She does nothing to hide her privilege. And it's pretty easy to talk about positive thinking and good energy when you're not worrying about how you're going to put food on the table for your family. And at one point Kelly asks, has our world become so toxic that illness is inevitable? And in a way, yes. Last week in the Facebook group, I shared an article titled, everything you know about obesity is wrong. And it goes into the different factors of obesity, such as food quality not being as good as it used to be, simply because we live in a capitalist society that values profits over health. The U.S. spends $60 billion on drug research and just $1.5 billion on nutrition research. And that's a pretty big gap. And look, I'm the last person you'll hear defending the pharmaceutical companies. And you guys know that I'm very pro-therapy and that I believe that nourishing our mental and emotional health has carry over to our physical health. However, I find it extremely dangerous and irresponsible for Netflix to promote this documentary Under the guise of representing the people who are tired of being medicated and sold to, and instead promoting the option of, for lack of a better term, freeballing cancer remission. People make the argument that it's all about money, money, money with the drug companies. And while that may be true, we can't act like these holistic practitioners don't also profit from their services or sales of their books and courses. And I'm not calling anyone out for making a living. I just think it's a pretty transparent argument for some of these people to make. And overall, while I do think that the documentary covers some important topics, I think it has very irresponsible messaging and makes complex issues seem very general. I don't think it's relatable to the general public, but Netflix is marketing it to us by keeping it on its platform. And it isn't that I think this is a bad thing to make a documentary about, But I think that by marketing things like this toward people who are sick of our broken system, it becomes predatory and misleading. If she wanted to make a movie about the power of positive thinking, fine. But I don't understand why you would flip it into this fantasy that positive thinking can cure cancer and autoimmune diseases and other chronic disorders. So that's where I will end my analysis and reaction to the documentary Heal, which I watched on Netflix. And I would love to know your opinion on the documentary if you've seen it, so be sure you're a part of the Live a Little Collective on Facebook so you can get in on the conversation. I would love to hear your opinion and your feedback on it. And if you liked this episode and would like me to do more of these reaction style episodes, be sure to let me know that too. We all know I'm watching too much TV as is right now, so I might as well get some material out of it. But I've got links to everything I've mentioned in the show notes, including where to follow the show on Instagram, at livealittlepod and also where you can get your own Live a Little merch. The store has several colors and designs to choose from, and I kept the prices as low as I could. So hopefully that will encourage you to pick up a t-shirt or a mask or a mug. So check out the merch shop. And also, if you would like to support the creation of this show, I do have a Patreon. So if you would like to throw 5 bucks a month at me to make the show better for you, you can do that. But I also know that it's the holidays, so even if you can't join the Patreon or you don't want to, word of mouth is probably the best way that you can help the podcast anyway. So share on your stories when you're listening, tag me in your stories, share my posts, Whatever resonates with you that you can share, that really helps me out. So once again, for the 30th time, thank you for your support and for taking the time to listen. I hope you have a good week and I will catch you in the next one. Bye!